The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. The Africa Business Report on a Tuesday night. Ronak Gopoldas, who's director and Africa analyst at Signal Risk. We've got an election coming up in Zambia. They seem to be happening in Zambia more often than anywhere else, Ronak. I know it's not true. Uh, but it, it just there, there always seems to be something going on in Zambia. Give me a perspective, please, on what we need to be aware of as Zambia goes to the polls. Yeah, Bruce, a um, lot going on in Zambia as usual, uh, political challenges, economic challenges, uh, and an election period that's been characterized by intimidation. Um, top of mind for our clients and investors are the questions around who's going to win, will the election be free and fair, and are we going to get a conclusive outcome? Um, so I think it's, it's pretty obvious to most that we are going to see an Edgar Lungu and uh, Patriotic Front victory, so that's the incumbent. Um, on the second question, very questionable that they're going to be free and fair. And on the third one, uh, probably debatable. Um, I think, you know, at Signal Risk, we're not expecting any surprises because this is in keeping with a democratic regression that we've seen under the Lungu administration. You know, we've seen how they've leveraged incumbency to skew the political landscape in their favor. Um, the issues with the voter registry, the use of the media uh, and security pretexts to, to close the political space. So um, I think the, the patriotic, patriotic Front and, and Lungu will win the first round. Um, but of course, you know, we expect this to be contested by the opposition uh, to go through the courts, uh, some violence and some protest action. But ultimately, the results to be upheld and uh, and then the attention, of course, turns to the economy. Uh, we know that Zambia has defaulted on its, its debt obligations, on its euro bond, um, and it's stalled on its talks with the IMF and uh, the G20 uh, in terms of the common framework. So that's going to be critical in, in order to get that economy going and recovering after the chaos that it's experienced over the past few years. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're holding out much hope for a massive transformation, a massive change, which is so desperately needed. Talking about the Inga Dam in the DRC, this was supposed to be an answer to so many of Africa's problems. Um, this was electricity, it was hydropower, it was this sort of silver bullet opportunity for the African continent. Back in the news, not good? Yeah, back in the news, uh, again, you know, the, the excitement has resurfaced because an Australian company, Fortescue Metals Group, uh, was formally awarded the contract to develop the project. And this is the first time that a single company uh, was appointed to develop the Grand Inca Dam in its, in its entirety. Like you mentioned, though, this has been going on for a couple of decades. Um, you know, lots of cynicism at the moment, uh, lots, of, lots of failed efforts. Um, and success this time is really going to depend on, on three factors. So the first issue is development rights, um, because despite the fact that this has been awarded to several companies over the years, no ground has ever been broken. And as, as it stands at the moment, a consortium of Chinese and Spanish firms uh, got the rights in 2018, but nothing's happened. So they could be quite obstructive um, as the Australians tried to get this thing off the ground, and it could be stillborn. Then you've got the, the question around money. The DRC doesn't have the money, and external funding um, is preoccupied with pandemic recovery. And then you've got issues around cost overruns, uh, question marks around corruption, given the trust deficit with, with the, the DRC government. And investors might balk at, at, the, at the, 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 the size of it all. Um, and the, the last issue, and I think the most important issue, is the, the question of political will. 
Um, Felix Chisakedi, the president of uh, the DRC, um, has put this at the forefront of his agenda, both domestically and as the head of the AU. Um, and he's going to be quite instrumental if this is going to, to work. Um, but I think, you know, I wouldn't get too excited just yet. If I'm an investor or a policymaker, I think the construction process is, is, is when you really uh, would probably need to start getting excited. Um, so still a long, long way to go. Uh, but, you know, some, some signs of optimism, hopefully. What is the relevance of Laurent Gbagbo's return to Cote d'Ivoire? What's at play here? So this had the potential to really be quite an awkward and combustible situation. Um, you know, Gbagbo, who was instru- who, the former president who was instrumental in the violence that we saw in and around the 2010-2011 election period, was acquitted by the ICC, um, and he wanted to return home to Cote d'Ivoire. Um, now, there's still a lot of lingering political issues which haven't been dealt with in, in Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, so this had the potential to trigger unrest, trigger violence, and a whole host of, of issues, because he was one of the architects of the chaos. So returning after a decade in the wilderness um, had this disruptive potential. Um, but it's gone off without incident, really. Uh, he met the current president, Alassane Ouattara, political rival. Um, the meeting was described as cordial. And um, he doesn't really pose a threat anymore um, to the current political landscape and the incumbent. Um, but what it does do, I think, is really shine the spotlight on the issue of political reconciliation. Um, so this has been something that has been slow in Cote d'Ivoire, despite the strong economic recovery, despite the fact that there's political stability there. Um, I think more interesting than at a national level, the schisms and the factionalism have emerged within his, his former party, the FBI, where he wants to insert himself as the head of that party, but the guy who took over him is, is having none of it. So the, the schisms and the issues over there, which I think uh, could be far more dramatic than what we're seeing on a national level. So something worth watching, but I think um, far less combustible than it could have been. Uh, we know from our experience that new leaders can uh, make big promises and sometimes you see big change, sometimes you don't, sometimes it's more of the same. What's happening in Burundi? There's a new president there. Yeah, so it's not often I get to kind of talk about positive news on your show, Bruce. So this is actually, uh, I guess, some 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 positive news for a change. You know, the, 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 the new president, or not so new anymore, Everest Ndaishimiye, um, has making some positive strides in, in Burundi, particularly on the diplomatic front. So after years of isolationism under Pierre Nkurunziza, um, he's tried to mend relations with, it, with his regional peers. Uh, he's had heads of state meetings with Kenya, DRC, and Tanzania, um, which are focused on trade and investment. And this is a big shift from the previous administration. Uh, and more importantly, he's mended relations with Rwanda, and uh, the European Union, um, who are now going to, to lift their sanctions, which they imposed on the, the Burundi government following the 2015 political crisis. So some positive stuff on the diplomatic front. He's also launched an anti-corruption campaign and sacked a couple of prominent ministers, including the Minister of Commerce. Uh, the democratic space is being opened with some human rights activists and some critics being released from jail. There's been a shift from the COVID denialism under the previous administration, and they now after months of denial, started the vaccination drive. 
Um, not to say that it's all sunshine and roses. You know, there have been episodes of violence, the epic shortages in the, in the country. But um, I think directionally, uh, we're starting to see some positive strides in Burundi. Nice to hear. Rona Kapoldis, thank you. Director and Africa analyst at Signal Risk.